it is so good to be back here with you in God's house. And of course, you know, Jesus Christ made it abundantly clear. Um, one of the many times he was with his disciples, he goes, And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. Amen. So it's a distinguishing mark. And of course, you know, it's, it's obvious to me that there is depth that you guys really and truly love each other. You're mature in the things of God. Of course, I love to hang around the older saints. That's just me personally. Um, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 40. And so, you know, growing up as a kid, I would always be, be, be in the fellowship of older saints for some strange reason. And I am so grateful and thankful to God today for that. I believe I am who I am today because God connected the dots early out in my life growing up. And so it's a tremendous privilege to share with this mature body of believers. And it is my prayer as well that we will be the body of Christ. I mean, whether you feel like you're a part of the body or not, according to the scriptures, we are members of his body. It has nothing to do with how we feel. Amen. And by the way, I'm not disregarding your feelings. Okay. We thank God for our feelings as well. And I, before I, I, I share the word of God, I just, I just want to encourage somebody here today. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you're dealing with. However, the enemy is trying to tell you you're disqualified. That is not true. It's a lie from hell. It's not true. It's not the spirit of God speaking to you. As I said, you know, nobody has said anything to me. And so while I was just listening and just observing and I, I know how it is myself that there are days when you really do not understand what is going on. There is a, a wave of confusion, whether it's at home, whether it's on the job, whether it's because you're not feeling well, whatever the case may be. I just want to remind you of this statement made by Peter and was confirmed by the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes, you are the son of the, the living God. And Jesus Christ said to Peter, upon this confession, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, the reasoning, the congregation of hell, the plots of hell will never prevail against it. And brothers and sisters, we are members of God's body. He is the head and healing flows from the head to the body. Amen. So be encouraged today. As a matter of fact, just so you know, God has a way of using the most unlikely candidates in our world. If you... Have you ever felt like a Gideon? Or have you ever felt like a Moses? We're talking about some unlikely people. All right? With excuses on our lips. Or you're probably like a Peter. God, I'm not going to deny you, but before you know it, 
Just so you know. God only uses imperfect people because there are no other kind around. Amen. I just really wanted to say that to somebody. You don't have to, you don't have, that's not even a part of the message, okay? So here we go. Let's, 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 let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews. Now that's a strong cup of God's word right there. Hebrews. Did you guys catch on to that? He, oh my goodness. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm, I believe coffee will be in heaven. I, I really do. Sorry. It's a confession from my heart. Why not? I mean, come on. If there's going to be a widespread, why not coffee? You know, also, right? But um, anyways, uh, here we go. So Hebrews chapter 1. What is interesting was this morning I walked in and my sister had her board up. Okay, she had her board up and she was talking about the tabernacle, okay? And of course, we know that, you know, God instructed his people over the years, uh, specifically concerning the tabernacle and what he wanted. It was his intention and he revealed it to his people. And because it came from heaven to his people, of course, he also provided the obedience they needed to construct the, the tabernacle, okay? And then Solomon, years afterwards, would build... Uh, uh, this 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 magnificent structure today, she said, we no longer have that, all right? But we know when God's business is done God's way, God gets the glory, amen? And so that's what we want. And so let us look at this Jesus. Remember, God, Jesus is the head of the church. We're just members of his body. Aren't you glad to be a part of the body of Christ? I am. I, I, I am. I'm really humbled and honored and privileged to be a part of the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we get to care for each other. We get to share with each other. And we also get to bear one another's burden. How about that? Okay, we just thank God for his son. So here we go. Beginning with um, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. I'll be reading four verses, the first four verses. It goes, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, has spoken to us in his son. You can see it there. I'm reading from the NASB. So if you're reading the, the King James Version, as you see on the screen there, it will definitely sound a little bit different. In these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed here of all things, through whom also he made the world. In some divine way, God the Father has made the world through his son, Jesus Christ. And he is the radiance of his glory if you want to know what God looks like you have to look on to Jesus he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power when he had made purification of sins he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels, and he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Listen to me. 
Demons do not tremble at the name of the prophets. As a matter of fact, they don't even tremble when you call my name. But when you say the name of Jesus according to the word of God, demons tremble at the name. That is above every other name. Not only that. My Bible tells me. That one day every knee will bow. And every. every You have to remember that little word there. Every tongue. Will one day confess. That Jesus Christ. Is Lord. Period. Love it. So here we go now. We turn to Hebrews. Chapter 12, and I'll be reading the first three verses. Therefore, and by the way, whenever time you stumble upon therefore, you have to take into consideration everything that was said before this, okay? So he goes, because of everything else I've shared with you in the letter to the, the, the body of Christ back then in this book, Hebrews, which of course we know we're still trying to figure out who penned it in the natural. Listen to me. I, 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 I have had my fair share of wrestling with who the physical author was, and I am just completely satisfied to say all scriptures are God-breathed, okay? So whoever the Lord used, okay, that to me is not as important as the Spirit of God himself inspiring all 66 books, okay? Yes, I, I tried... Uh, uh, they questioned me uh, who wrote this uh, I, I, some believe it's the apostle Paul some believe it's one of his dis listen to me all scriptures are God breathed okay and so I'm going to give you some background here before we jump into the message so here we go beginning with verse 1 chapter 12 therefore since we have so great cloud of witnesses of course you read that in chapter 11 right we call it the hall of of faith right surrounding us let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us you know that sin i'm talking about you know it i don't know it i know that one sin that is always trying to trip me up okay yes and let us run with endurance not just run but with some endurance. Because it, to me, you can run without endurance. He is saying, when you run, I want you to run with endurance. The race that is set before us. I'm from Jamaica. I'm not Usain Bolt. However, growing up as a kid, I was into track and field. I enjoyed running. As a matter of fact... I am still into running. When I go to the gym, I go to the gym for only one reason. It's not to lift weights. God blessed all the, 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 the weightlifters and bodybuilders. I thank God for you guys. I'm not jealous. But when I show up in the gym, I show up only for one reason. And it is to do what? To run. No, I'm not Forrest Gump either, okay? Just so you know. So he goes, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
And this is how we should run. With endurance, there is a race. And this is what we should do while we're in this race. Fixing, verse 2, our eyes on who? On Jesus, not everybody else. As a matter of fact, in track and field, especially when you're running a relay or it's a hundred meter, you want to make sure you fix your eyes on the finish line. Why? Because if you look to the right or to the left, the guy behind you may overtake you. You guys didn't know that? You wonder why race horses wear blinders. Okay, you guys are into horses. Huh? I don't know. So here we go. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the what? The cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. Who should we consider? Jesus who has what? Endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow. Have you ever felt weary? Don't you thank God for words like these and for this timely reminder that even when we feel like giving up, he is saying, I understand completely what's going on in your world. However, I have provided all that you need for life and godliness. So I want you to stay in the race, fix your eyes on me, and keep moving forward. You notice I didn't say to us this morning, you're probably in deep, some of us in the room. Probably your creditors are looking for you. Whatever the case may be, as a Christian, there is a certain kind of um, mindset we should not only uh, uh, try to foster, but when we go to the word, God wants us to embrace first and foremost what his word says to us. And how we should live in this crooked world. The title of the message is simply this. And I promise you, I will not be long. Okay? I'll keep you until one o'clock. Okay? No, I won't do that. Then you guys won't have me again. Praise God. But the author says, we should fix... Our eyes on Jesus. If we're not fixing our eyes on Jesus, it simply means we're tempted to fix our eyes on other things. He says, looking unto Jesus. Now, if you understand the context in which this letter was written to the church, you'll remember that they endured severe persecution. Heartache and pain on every side and threats of being killed in the middle because they embraced the gospel of this Jewish Messiah. Uh, and, and everybody wanted him dead. Not only that, back in the day, the Roman Empire had many different lords 
trotting around like peacocks and they rode chariots and everybody would bow down to them and you know Christianity back in the day was a threat to their establishment and of course take into consideration as well many people many Jewish Jew, Judaizers were now transitioning with the grace of God over to Christianity and times were extremely difficult. And so it is within this context, the Spirit of God uh, anointed somebody to write a word of encouragement. And brothers and sisters, if, you, if you're not paying attention, let me draw your attention to the world in which we live today. Persecution, no excuse my language, is a coming. Let me say that in our English vernacular. Persecution is on its way. You see, I'm not negative, Nettie or Nelly. I'm not doubtful, Thomas. I'm just a young believer in the Lord. And what he said to his disciples, remember this, in this world you will have all kinds of difficulty, but take heart because I have done what? overcome the world he has also given us everything we need for what for life and godliness so i gave you the context of all the old testament of all the new testament books hebrews best illustrates how to bridge the gap between judaism and christianity the letter to the Hebrews is a masterwork of biblical theology demonstrating the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ. He was God in the flesh. That's what Hebrew tells us. God's final revelation to man and the one who fulfilled and therefore ended all the ceremonial activity that paved the way for the Jewish Messiah. We're still talking about Jesus Christ. To understand Hebrews, saints, we need to understand the difference between a prophet and a priest. A prophet represented God to the people. This person was a spokesman for God. This is why Christian ministers, even today, are occasionally called prophets in the New Testament. Because they can and do represent God to the people. On the other hand, a priest represented the people to God. In the Old Testament, the priest was responsible to offer up sacrifices on behalf of the people before God. But it was God who would forgive the people's sin. In the New Testament, Jesus is the ultimate High priest, as our precious sister mentioned this morning, who forgives our sins by offering up himself, Lamb of God, spotless Lamb of God, as a sacrifice on our behalf. The, the, the readers of Hebrews suffered, as I said, tremendously for the sake of Jesus Christ. In other words, deny Christ or die. Deny Christ or have your property taken away from you. Deny Christ or leave town immediately. 
Those were the conditions under which this letter was written to encourage and comfort the body of Christ. If we ever need to be comforted, church, it's today. If we ever need a word from heaven, it is right now. The good news is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. By the way, so you know, communism cannot stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. Humanism cannot stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hisms and schisms aren't powerful enough to stop the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. By the way, today in Iran, the church is growing. She's growing. She's blossoming. She's blooming like never before. Iron curtains are still coming down. Because upon this rock, who is the rock of all ages? Jesus Christ. I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Now we may have to endure some suffering. But I believe it's somewhere in the scriptures where it says, weeping. <laughs> May what? Endure. For what? Or a night. And some of us are in a very long night. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a nightmare. But the good news is joy. Hallelujah. Joy. According to the word of God. Joy cometh in the, in the morning. And so, listen to me, saints. You have heard this said, of course. Um, uh, Reverend Weymouth would have said this. The, the darkest part of the night is always... Before daybreak. Is that true? Did I say that right? Yes. So hold on, my child. He sees and he knows. Remember this. Jesus prophesied that in this world we would encounter all kinds of uh, heartache and pain. It was before this was written to the body of Christ. And today, this book is still being read across the globe. There is no speech, no language where the voice of God is not heard. I mean, when you get up in the morning time, the sun is still shining. It didn't ask for permission to come up this morning. And at night time, the moon will come up without any notice to any one of us. Which simply means, our oh, Jesus Christ is large and in charge. You hear me? Yes, he's large. And in charge. And as I said, you may be in a very long night. As a matter of fact, some of us are in a very long night. Some of us are getting ready to enter into a night. And some of us are just coming up out of that dark night. Wherever you find yourself on the pendulum, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. That's it. The readers, as I said, they, they, they suffer tremendously. Because of their persecution and suffering. Of course, when persecution comes, one of the things as human beings we would prefer to do is throw in the towel. If you're like me on Mondays, I've already thrown in the towel already. When, come on, people. Am I, am I the only person who, who throws in the towel on Monday mornings? Huh? Am I the only person who is, who's retired? <laughs> Well, <laughs> all right. 
I'm just checking your pulse, okay? To make sure I'm in the right place, alright? Regardless of what's going on, we are encouraged by the word of God to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Because they were suffering, many of them were tempted to give up their faith and turn back to Judaism. In other words, works-based Christianity. No, I must say this respectfully. According to the word of God, we are saved by grace through faith, period. And as a result of that, we in turn do good works. But we are not saved by good works. As a matter of fact, it's an insult to try and save oneself with our good works. I have newsflash. Newsflash. The word of God says, my heart. I'm not going to say your heart, okay? It says, my heart is deceitful. And it's desperately, not just wicked. Desperately wicked, okay? And so therefore, there goes all my good works. Trying to please and appease a holy God. I thank God that when the question was raised in heaven, who would go? Jesus Christ said, Father, here I am, send me. The scripture says before the foundations of the world, Christ was already crucified. That's very comforting to me. Nothing comes into your life and mine without God's foreknowledge. I said absolutely nothing. Now, if we are practicing sin, the Spirit is saying, stop it. You're saved. You're bought with a price. Glorify me with your lifestyle, not just your lips. But we're not trying to work for our salvation. The people were tempted to go back to Judaism, to works. Sometimes suffering will do that to us. Will push us to the brink of breaking. Hold on, my child. The darkest part of the night is before Daybreak. So the author's mission in this letter was to put strength into their spines. I hope you're being strengthened right now. If you've been serving Jesus Christ for years, keep serving Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. And if you feel like giving up serving Jesus Christ, he is saying it is always too soon to quit. Keep on keeping on. He wanted to put some strength in their spines, giving them a passionate but tightly reasoned argument for remaining committed to Christ. Our world is constantly, listen to me, I believe we're in a free fall. I am not a political analyst and I do not claim to be a political analyst. I am just a, a, a saved, not even bystander. I'm a part of the game. I'm in the game. Okay, I'm in this thing and I'm watching it carefully. I hope you're watching it too. You see this devil is trying to, 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 to rock us to sleep with our eyes open. Yes. I just read an article which says, and it's not even an article. I watched it on YouTube. There is an agenda being pushed. I'm not sure if you realize that. And it has nothing to do with people primarily. We're just pawns. 
You know, if we're just pawns. It's either we're serving the Lord or we're not serving the Lord. And if we're not serving the Lord, here's the kicker. We're serving one of two people. It's either we're serving self, which is always dangerous, or we're serving Satan. And there is an agenda being pushed. Today in our world, with everything that's going on, they want to keep us drugged up and entertained. That's what they want to do. And so we just go through life depressed and burdened and confused and always tired and weary. Jesus Christ is saying to us, fix your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. I'm telling you, I watched it. I was kind of like, it was very sobering. They want to, do you realize that every time there's a problem, there seems to be a drug? What is that? And, and, and if you're like me, I try to listen to the, 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 the fast, you know, the quick, swift, swift parts that tells you you'll end up with this and that and all kinds of different stuff. It's like, what is that? You know, if I take this, this, I'm just saying, God help us. God help us. The author of Hebrew tells us several things. And from, 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 from chapter 1 through 13, I'll just share some things with you concerning the book of Hebrews. Jesus is greater than the prophets, just so you know. Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Joshua. These are significant uh, uh, leaders who God himself raised up over the years to represent him to the people. And Jesus is greater than Joshua. Jesus is greater than the Aaronic high priests. Jesus is greater than the Levitical priests. Jesus is the high priest in the order of Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Jesus' ministry is greater than the tabernacle ministry. That's why we no longer need to go to a place, but a person. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus' Jesus's new covenant is greater than the old covenant. Remember, we broke bread. As often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant in my blood. Listen, the entire Old Testament was prophesying the coming of Messiah. Are we clear? All of it. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 1, years ago, God spoke through the prophets and everybody else. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his who? His son, Jesus Christ. Jesus' sacrifice is greater than the Old Testament sacrifices. And experiencing Jesus is greater than the experience Moses had on Mount Sinai. So why should we look unto Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Two reasons. The author gave us two reasons. And two reasons only. Number one, because he is the author of our faith. In the Greek, the word author is translated leader. He is the head. There is no one above him. God the Father has committed all things to his son. 
it is through him he created all things and it is through him and in him only we find salvation. You hear me? There are no other ways. Jesus Christ would have, would have lied to his disciples in John 14. But he didn't. He's not one of many ways. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we know we look to him simply because one, he is the leader of our faith. And the second reason why we should look unto Jesus, it's because he's not just the author, he's the one perfecting our faith. He is the one wrapping this thing up. He is the finisher of our faith. Another word for finisher is simply perfecter. Aren't you glad that all of us are perfectly imperfect people serving a perfect God? I don't know about you, but every now and again, my God complex, you know, would zap some people. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Come on, people. Talk to me. You know, you know that person. You can't look at the person next to you either, right? My God complex. I just thank him that all of us are perfectly imperfect and he's the only perfect one. Thank him for that. And I wrap this thing up. We land this plane. As modern day Christians, many of us do not wrestle with the ceremonies of the Levitical system and the confines of the law as the first century Jewish Christians did. We also seldom face the type of soul-searching persecution that those believers did. Yet we are still tempted to do what? Throw in the towel. We're tempted to give up. By the way, Christianity oftentimes get difficult. If you didn't know that, let me tell you. It gets challenging sometimes. That's why the scripture says we should not grow weary in well doing. Why? Because we get tired. Am I the only one who gets frustrated and upset and just want to tell everybody my mind already? How many of us, like me, have had to like this? If you live with, if you live with children, like I have, I have young kids, and so pray for me. Pray for me, Jesus. If you have grandkids, all right? If you're a spouse, you know, you know, you know when, when you're with somebody and you're, you're, you're with them and you're committed, and, and, and you just can't leave when you think you should and you feel like it. <laughs> you just need an extra anointing upon you. Do you know what I'm talking about? We got to look to Jesus. We can't look to the newspaper or the television screen because I'm you got you to gotta run to Jesus. You hear me? You, you got to run to who? Oh, my God. Sometimes you can't even, you don't even know what to say. You, 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 just, you, just, you just groan. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, God have mercy. Huh? We're still tempted to give up. And we're still inclined to substitute other things for the Lord. Family rules, if we're not careful, our family rules can override the person of Jesus Christ. Even our traditions, religious traditions, human wisdom, salvation by works. Talked about that. For Christ once for all work. God the Father was satisfied 
when Christ hung on that cross and before he gave up the ghost, he said, it is what? Yeah, E.D. The temple veil was torn. Listen to me. That must, uh, listen, that had to be some divine thing. Can you imagine being the priest on duty, <laughs> trying to run from the temple when you saw that? That divine occurrence. The temple veil was torn. How about the 500 who came back to life after the resurrection? I don't know about you, but I would have probably run from my home to see my beloved loved ones walking in the door. We just buried you already. What are you? Am I the only person who would have run away from my, my, my paid for home because my dead loved ones who died showed up after the... God help us, eh? But that happened. The Bible, it's there. It's documented. Hebrews teaches that Christ is not only the answer for every aspect of faith, but God's final answer. The one and only fulfillment of his plan for his beloved. Christians have no higher calling but to press on in faith. No matter the cost. Confident in Christ and anchored in his truth. You see, I'm not preaching legalism. I hope you understand that. I'm not preaching sloppy agape either. Love without responsibility. And I'm not preaching greasy grace. Where you can live like the devil and somewhat go to a holy heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches. I'm just letting us know. Come hell or I water. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Why? Two reasons and only two reasons. Because he is the author and finisher and everything in between of our faith. He is. He is sufficient. If Jesus is the bread of life, loss of Jesus means starving. If Jesus is the light of the world, loss of Jesus means darkness. If Jesus is the good shepherd, loss of Jesus means wandering alone and lost. If Jesus is the resurrection and the life, loss of Jesus is eternal death. And if Jesus is the Lamb of God, Sacrifice for our sins. Loss of Jesus means paying that price for ourselves. And the only payment that is acceptable to God the Father is the precious Lamb of God that was slain over 2,000 years ago. And by the way, he'll... I'm not sure if we know and we're reminded that he lives. In English, and I'll close with this. How many teachers do we have here? Teachers? By chance, retired, okay. They teach us in school about verb endings. Right? And verb endings are very important. Whether you're writing a paper, writing a, whatever the case may be. I just want to throw some names out there that some of us are familiar with because you would have read articles or we would have heard their, those names over the years. Right? These common G gods, common G, like, for example, Mohammed died, verb ending, are you following me? Mohammed died, and he's still dead. Uh, Buddha died, and he's still dead. You name them, whatever, Krishna died, 
and he's still dead. Are you ready for this? You see, the verb ending with Jesus Christ changes everything. It goes, he died, and on the third day, he rose again, and he lives. Oh, he died on the third day, he up from the grave, he, uh, we sing that old gospel, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes, right? Yes, Jesus is alive, he lives, he speaks, he changes people's lives. I'm just telling you, verb ending changes everything. He lives. He lives. And not only he lives, he lives forevermore. And he's coming again. Why? Because he's alive. You know that song? He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks, verb endings. He walks with me and he talks with me along life narrow way. He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. I was a crackhead. I smoked crack for years. And this alive Jesus Christ reached down. And as a matter of fact, I had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. It's too late to tell me otherwise. That's why I'm here to encourage us, church. Keep Jesus at the center, please. And I close, as I said. I can see, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. You know, don't call me a liar. That's what preachers do, sorry. <laughs> you know, but, but I'm saying, keep your eyes on the Lord. Sometimes you have to turn off Fox News and Newsmax and CNN and all these other news stations, you know. Turn them off and hear what the Lord is saying. Spend time with him. You know, he wants to spend time with you. Spend time in his word. Be refreshed in his presence. Be encouraged. Be motivated. Ask him questions. Have those conversations you can't even have with your spouse, with the Lord. You see, he's not only a promise keeper. He keeps a very good record. He knows how to keep secret too. You can tell him anything, and, and unless he wants it known, he won't tell anybody. <laughs> He's still the friend that sticks closer than a brother. It is my prayer for this body that you guys will continue to grow in grace, that the Lord will provide in his, in his timing the person he wants to fill this position. I'll tell you this. It's either you're authentic about loving Jesus or you're not. And I believe with all my heart you guys are authentic. I believe you're about the Lord Jesus Christ. You're about the things of God. And I pray God in his sovereignty will bless you in return. I really do mean that. I'm praying for you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me again this is my third time i don't know what jesus christ is up to however i love you guys and there is nothing you can do about it it has to reciprocate that's it that's all i love you on behalf of my family you know be blessed have a great weekend and sister laura thank you so much for reaching out you know reverend weymouth brother chris all the leadership team here together in the name of the lord let us keep our eyes looking unto jesus why because he is the author and finisher of our faith. God bless you.